Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Good morning. It is Wednesday, May 26th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm excited about this episode. I know I say that every day. Maybe that's because I'm really proud of the work we've been doing here at the College Football Daily uh, as we not only cover the breaking news of the days and, and, and even yesterday, the, the Bud Elliott's worst take of the offseason, but we plug along in our quest to cover every single Power 5 school this offseason and a few group of fives and some some FCS teams as well in a podcast playlist you can check that out on across the country with the college football daily on Spotify we're more than halfway finished and today it's Kentucky Wildcats time feels like it took us a while to get to the Wildcats I feel bad about it but I think that that jives with Kentucky's never-ending quest to just get a little bit more respect. Today's episode is a two-parter. We're first going to hear from Derek Terry, Kentucky beat reporter for the Cats Paws 24-7. Follow him on Twitter, at Derek S. Terry. We're going to talk about this new offense, new quarterback, star running back Chris Rodriguez, maybe the best player in the SEC. I know that's a crazy thing to say, but it actually could be true. And then we're going to take a stab at a win-loss projection with Derek. And then we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk to my buddy Josh Ayler, who does e-commerce and social media for 24-7 Sports, but is also a diehard Kentucky fan who is liable to pop off any time with outrageous takes and absolute vitriol directed toward any SEC East team that gets in his way, other than Georgia, sometimes Florida, but mostly South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, and even Vanderbilt. Josh is in a good mood today, and and there's no reason not to be in a good mood if you're a Kentucky football fan. Your 2022 recruiting class ranks 11th in the country. It ranked 34th last year. Your 2021 NFL draft was extremely prosperous. Six selections for Kentucky, the most since 1979, and the on-field results have been extremely competitive. The COVID-weird shortened season of 2020, Kentucky went 5-6, and 4-6 six, and six in conference. They won the Gator Bowl. But in 2019, 8-5 with a Belk Bowl win. 2018, of course, was 10-3 and three, uh, with the Citrus Bowl with uh, Josh Allen and Benny Snell. And, and before that, Mark Stoops had slapped together a few 7-6 six seasons upward trajectory in lexington a lot to be excited about a lot a lot of reasons for optimism a new incoming transfer wandale robinson from nebraska is going to help make this team a little bit more fun to watch this fall too so i think it's past time to learn more about them and to finally give them a little bit of respect the college football daily will be right back okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, bringing in Derek Terry, 
As promised, Derek, welcome to the College Football Daily. Today, I would like to just learn a little bit more about Kentucky. Uh, we were talking before I, I hit record, and like you, you were telling me that this whole season, this 2021 season, is going to hinge on what you call a new offense. Do you mean, I mean, I know you mean new personnel, got a new coach in there too. Uh, give me the lay of the land. Yeah, so after last season's five and six record, I think Mark Stoops made what he thought was a pretty difficult choice to to fire Eddie Grant, who had had some success at UK just a season before in 2019, had lost all their actual quarterbacks basically to injury and had to put Lynn Bowden there and they reworked that offense and ended up making it back to bowl and beating Virginia Tech uh, to finish eight and five. But last year, the passing game, I think the balance had just been so bad that um, Kentucky had definitely become you know a run first team that was the identity it had helped them win games but in order to climb that SEC ladder more I think Stoops looked at the situation and knew he needed something else so he went to the NFL and uh, brought in Liam Cohen a assistant uh, quarterback coach he wasn't even the actual quarterback coach but someone who had been an offensive coordinator at Maine in the FCS basically wanted a more pro style attack something that would balance out the offense and what he's been promised and and what we all expect to see here people who cover UK and are fans of UK is is the kind of offense that Sean McVay runs at least some kind of I'm sure there will be some differences it won't be exactly the same thing but you know the big questions I would say with Kentucky even with that new offense is you know at quarterback uh, Joey Gatewood and Bo Allen were both here for the spring Gatewood of course uh, transferred in from Auburn played a little bit last season started one game against Georgia didn't break 100 yards passing which was you know kind of the standard for Kentucky last year they it was rare that they would throw for more than uh, 120 yards or so in a game but he apparently made great strides but I I think the guy to watch is, is Will Levis, a transfer from Penn State. I know he was in the news recently. Bruce Feldman from The Athletic wrote a story about him kind of overhauling his mechanics. So he's got a big arm but has struggled with accuracy issues. But he was kind of the guy that Liam Cohen targeted uh, whenever he entered the transfer portal. So I think you'll see this this fall, a quarterback battle will be talked about a lot at Kentucky. And I think it's probably ultimately going to come down to Will Levis and Joey Gatewood. And really at this point, I'm not sure who I would say would be the favorite. But you look at that, and then I'd say the other big thing for the, for the wide receivers is Kentucky. Kentucky, I thought, got a pretty big boost when Josh Ali, last year's returning receiver, uh, decided to use that fifth year, the, the COVID year, to come back. Um, but they're going to pair him with Nebraska transfer Wondell Robinson, who uh, I know we here, here at 24-7 ranked as the fifth best transfer in all of college football this year. So someone who is kind of just what Kentucky needed, just someone you can get the ball to and who can make some plays out on the perimeter. They've not had that in a few years. So with those things, I know there's a lot of excitement, but also some question marks as to how those guys will, will kind of all pair together. I'm super excited to watch Juan Dale. I know Kentucky fans were pretty disappointed when he didn't choose the Wildcats off, off, oh, yeah. the, first, off the first try and then went to Nebraska. But Kentucky seems like it's it's going to be a good a good place for him. So you mentioned that Stoops went toward the pro style and going with the uh, yet another Sean McVay protege. Were Kentucky fans excited about a pro style offense? I know that in the SEC, it's been all the rage kind of to get into the, uh, the spread the RPO and LSU going back to their roots and, and, you know, Georgia trying to modernize Were Kentucky fans, you know, at all rooting for an offense that would see their quarterback throw 40 times a game, or do they appreciate the balance that this offers? Well, I think that's a really good question. And it's kind of funny because when Mark Stoops got, got to Kentucky, he hired Neil Brown, who of course is head coach at West Virginia now to be his OC. And you know, it was kind of going to be this air raid type of offense. 
but they've never really had the quarterback to to do that. And then once Neil Brown uh, went to Troy to be the head coach, they hired Shannon Dawson, who was kind of in that same tree, Dana Holgerson tree there. So still an air raid guy. So Kentucky fans are still excited about that. And of course, you know, everybody had the memories of the 90s with Tim Couch and Hal Mommy and everything they did then, but it didn't really work out. And people realized that, you know, you can't just – or at least the thought was that Kentucky couldn't just drive back and throw it all the time. They needed some more balance on offense. Eddie Grant comes in in 2016. I thought they did a great job of having that balance. They had a quarterback injury. Drew Barker went down. So I think that changed things, and they became more run-heavy, and that's kind of when Benny Snell took over. But they also had Boom Williams, who in his own right was a very good SEC running back. I think he averaged seven yards per carry for his career. So I think where Kentucky fans sit now, just kind of my pulse of it, is like they like the physical mentality. They like that the team can line up and, and have some success on the ground. But I think they realize that you, you can't throw for 120 yards a game. And, I mean, you see teams these days that just make the passing game look so easy. And I'm sure you watch Kentucky games, people who have. Like, when you watch Kentucky in the recent years, it was not it was a chore to throw the ball down the field. They would get in a spot where it was like third and eight, and you just felt like they had no chance to convert unless there was a pass interference, you know, flag or something like that. So I, I think what Stoops wanted and what Stoops likes, I mean, I think he likes that ability to line up behind a big offensive line, give the ball to a strong running back like Chris Rodriguez and watch him work. But I also think, you know, you have to mix in that play-action pass. You have to be able to drop back on first down throw the ball effectively, especially against, you know, the teams that you have to beat in order to, to really be a factor in the SEC. I mean, Kentucky, you saw what they did with Bowden. I was talking about him earlier. I mean, against Missouri and back, going back a few years, Missouri and, and Vanderbilt, uh, Louisville, I know they're not in the SEC, but teams like that, I mean, they were able to just kind of run the ball over and over and over and it worked. But, you know, you saw them go down to play Georgia, they didn't score a point. And, you know, against the really good teams you're going to play in order to have a chance, you have to have at least some balance of a good passing attack. And I think this year it will be better for sure. I mean, hell, those numbers I'm talking about, it's, you know, it's hard to do worse than what they were doing. Will we see, you know, how good they are in year one? I'm not sure. You know, Liam Cohen is, I think, kind of a, hot up and comer but you know until he's actually coached a game and you see how he does it's hard to know kind of what his future is so if he's going to be here a few years I think you would expect that you know you would hope things would get better year in and year out but uh, I think they have some good pieces this year to at least improve in the passing game but again I just I just think we have to see it before we really put a ceiling on what Kentucky can do this year you mentioned the running back Chris Rodriguez 785 yards 11 touchdowns last year 6.6 was your average per carry which is probably in a 2020 in a COVID shortened season, I think average is the most important of any stat we're looking at for anything. 6.6 is fantastic. You know, here's to Chris Rodriguez getting a little bit more love this off season. One of the SEC's best players, period. Derek, last question for you. What is the record in a normal season that like Kentucky fans back in the day, I feel like six and six would have been caused for toast or, and then, you know, seven and five and then eight and four. And, and then now kind of eight and four feels like anything less we're feeling a little bit disappointed. What what is the win loss breakthrough of happiness for Kentucky fans? And and then what is you know on the flip side, anything under a certain mark gets um, gets people a little bit upset at stoops. I would say for this season, they need to win all four non-conference games. Uh, I know the national media kind of varies. I, I saw Kentucky only open as a one-point favorite over Louisville. I would disagree with that. I think Kentucky's certainly better than a point over Louisville. Uh, I just think top to bottom, their rosters. Uh, I think Kentucky's roster is far better, honestly, top to bottom. So I think they need to win all four of those. Obviously, they need to beat Vanderbilt. I know every SEC team chalks that up as a win. I think they need to beat South Carolina this year in a year where, you know, it's on the road and it's early in the year, but, you know, Shane Beamer – you know, coming in there, I just think you got to take advantage uh, of a program being down like South Carolina is. And then I, I look at Tennessee, Missouri, and, and Mississippi State as, as games that 
you know, if it's going to be a really good season, those are the games that Kentucky needs to win. They've not won in Starkville since 2008, which is really hard to believe. They have historically struggled against Tennessee. Uh, obviously, they beat Tennessee pretty bad last season, but it's it's been you know tough for them a lot of years. So it's hard for me, having watched as much Kentucky football as I have in my life, to just no matter how bad Tennessee is, to, to chalk that down as a win. Uh, and then, of course, Missouri is a team getting a lot of love preseason, kind of right there behind. I think most people think Georgia and Florida will be the top two teams in the East, but then Missouri is sliding in there with a lot of people. What I'm curious with, this, with Missouri is if they kind of fall in kind of where Scott Satterfield did at Louisville. I mean – Went in there, performed better than expected in year one. You know, you think you have the quarterback situation figured out. You think you have some good talent around there. But they won a lot of close games last year. I'm not sure where I fall on Missouri this year. I mean, I'll probably put them either third or fourth for sure in the East. But that's a game, second game of the year, and it's in Lexington. I think that's a game Kentucky needs to win. I mean, that's what, five SEC wins right there, if they can get that. Because that puts you, you know, at nine wins. If you can get that, I don't, I don't know if I would predict nine and three. But I think beating Florida, LSU, or Georgia will be very difficult any year. For Kentucky, I don't think it's going to be impossible. Two of those games are at home. Who knows? I mean, what can happen? But, you know, they've only beat Florida once in 35 years or whatever. LSU, they don't see a whole lot, but typically you would expect uh, LSU top to bottom to be much better. And then, of course, Georgia, just they've not beat Georgia since 2009, I think. So I look at those games I mentioned to you earlier. I think anywhere seven wins this year, I think you would feel like you left a little out there. Eight, I think, would be a good year. And then nine, I think you'll be back to, to having a really good season. Derek Terry, we appreciate it. Thanks. Appreciate Derek joining the show. We're going to take a quick break. And on the other side is Josh Ayler. You don't want to miss it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bringing in Josh Ayler right now, as promised, diehard former listeners of the 24-7 Sports College Football Show will appreciate this. Josh, I'm not going to ask you for like a 15-minute state of the case, but I have a hunch that you don't think they're getting... Are they ever get enough respect? I mean, they just they just had the most NFL draft picks since the 70s. And Mark Stoops has definitely established himself as an upper echelon coach, I think. And they're recruiting really well. So it's past time well, to start talking about them, right? Yeah. Well, it's 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 been frustrating as a fan for sure. Like, you know, going back to, you know, our show and I get all fired up about it, you know, especially like we're like fan bases with you know, pretty much count them as wins. Like, you know, I don't want to call out certain set fan bases, but you know South who Carolina. I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and, you know, they just go ahead and like, just win, just run away. I'm like, well, hold on a second, guys. Like, look at the roster. Look what they have coming back. Especially that one year they went 10 and three or 10 and two or whatever it was with Benny Snell and Josh Allen. I mean, that team, like, I didn't expect them to go with, the, do what they did. I mean, exceeded every expectation I had. I never thought they would do that. But yeah, I just, I think, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of people overlooking them sometimes. Now I will say this year, I think they're getting a little bit more respect than they normally do. I've seen people pick them as high as two, which is blowing my mind right now. But wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But like, honestly, I don't know how to process that. I don't know how to handle that. So like, it's kind of like a weird territory right now. So, you know, but I will say, you know, what, what was crazy, the over under the, the wind total came out yesterday. Well, I don't know if it came out yesterday, but I saw it yesterday and it was six and a half. 
and all you know Kentucky fans expectations are kind of high like like easy money over six and a half like well hold on a second guys like I mean yeah we got we got a great team coming back and everything else but like who's going to be the quarterback we got a brand new OC like you know yeah Wandell Robinson's coming in but I'm I'm super excited about that. So I mean, what are they going to look like? I don't know. I think there's a lot of unknowns this year, but the excitement is through the roof going into next year. So I'm excited. I, I was talking to Derek Terry, and we were kind of trying to pin down a win loss record, and they could get to eight and four. Josh, they could get to you no. Know, he thinks nine and three is a bit optimistic, as as anyone listening has already heard him say. And you know, five and sevens the ceiling. I think generally for Kentucky. Here's my issue with them. So we all know the SEC East gets less acclaim than the SEC West, right? Like we're sure. always going to talk about the West more. Okay. So sure. then when we when we talk to the East, we're talking about Georgia and then t- we're talking about Florida. And then we're kind of out of energy. And so then we are incorrectly lumping Kentucky, Missouri, South Carolina, Vanderbilt. Am I forgetting anyone from the East? And Tennessee, uh, Tennessee all together. Yeah. So it's like the big two and then the little five. But that's, I mean, we know that's not true. Like Kentucky is more close to those big two than they are to the bottom sellers or the, the seller dwellers. I, but I think sometimes you're the only one who sees that because the rest of us are just like, well, uh, it's Kentucky, right? It's like the same thing as Missouri. Right. I, I think that's part of, you know, part of the problem is like, yeah, you got like a jumbled mess. you got those teams that you notice and they're all like tangled in there. And to be, you know, frank, yeah, it's usually those teams are usually fighting for the same spots when you got Florida and Georgia fighting for the top two spots. So I get it. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I think with everybody, like with what they've got coming back, you know, and looking at everybody else, like Tennessee's down, South Carolina's down, you know, Missouri. I don't know much about Missouri this year. They see, I mean, they beat Kentucky last year and like frequently. So yeah. Like I think he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, so yeah, maybe, you know, Kentucky and Missouri go, you know, fight for that, but yeah, it's, you know, I get it. I do. I get it. Cause it, it's, you know, they're a tough team to get a read on. I mean, but they are getting better, but I, I, I get it. So what are your ex like, what is your best year imaginable? Like, have you sold any hope of ever making the sec title game? That would be, that would be, yeah, for me, that would be like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I never in a million years thought that they could do that, you know, okay. never make that. Cause like, you know, they'd have to beat Florida, beat Georgia, you know, that's, and it's, you know, I mean, 10 years ago, it was Florida that was on the top and they were, they were basically what Alabama was or maybe longer, you know, when Urban was there. And then Georgia was kind of like, eh, they were like, you know, but Kentucky was, they were down and, but now it's Georgia on the top and Florida is starting to get back up there as well. So it's getting tougher in the East a little bit, but yeah, like it would surpass, I mean, <laughs> anything, like if they were just to make it to the SEC title game, because like more than likely we'd be playing Bama and, you know, Bama destroying yeah, i guess yeah, but yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, but i mean yeah that would be i think every kentucky fan imaginable would be trying to get tickets to go that game because that's probably like a you know one time thing i guess so because yeah. it may never happen again I, I mean i hate to say it but like you know but i you know the way that stoops is recruiting and i mean who knows like he he keeps the scene building and building and developing talent more and more talent I mean, I'm more excited about you know how big of a basketball fan I am, but I'm more excited about the football. You're you know, you're about program. to steal my you're about to steal my last question. I'm glad you mentioned this, like the development of talent for Stoops. I know that's important to you. That you're not just recruiting; you're used to that up there, but you're developing. Let's say you and I yeah. are at Bell's. I've been to Lexington once, and I went to Bell's. <laughs> we're at Bell's, okay. and we're at the bar, Josh, and John Calipari is on one side, and Mark Stoops is on the other. Who are you Ooh. more happy with right now? Who are you buying a beer for? 
right now. I'm in, yeah, right I'm now. in Stoops, 100%. I mean, Kentucky basketball is coming off a nine and whatever. They only won nine games last year, you know, in basketball. So that's – they didn't make the tournament. Stoops, on the other hand, got rolling. We're going to bowl games. We're, you know, according to some – going to compete for second in the East. I mean, I'm buying beer. I'm buying shots. I'm buying everything for Stoops. So, you know, Calipari's got plenty of money. He doesn't need my, you know, Stoops ain't making the money that Cal's making. So I'm buying whatever. I bet you, though, Mark Stoops never thought he would be there long enough to eclipse John Calipari as a, at least one year at least, but it's been a few now, a more successful and uh, engendering better morale than his basketball counterpart. Uh, it, it really well, is surprising. Do you know what blows me away is like how like nobody's really coming after Stoops at all. Like nobody. You would think that like Florida State kind of flirted around with the idea like what a couple of years ago. But like nobody else has even like entertained the thought of like what he's doing at Kentucky is unbelievable. Where that program was. I mean, back in the 90s, they won one to two games a year, you know. Back when Joker Phillips was the coach back in 2011, they won one to two games a year. The talent was awful. And now look what they are. Look what they're doing. They're going to bowl games every year. I mean, they're competitive. Florida may beat them, but they're still in the game every year. So, I mean, it's just amazing. Like, he's not getting more looks from bigger programs around the country than he is. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to lose him. I I, I was just, you know, we're going to save this clip and you're going to be kicking yourself in a few months when Michigan moves on (laughs) from Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. I mean, he already took a 50% pay cut. Would Stoops be a legitimate candidate there? I would hope so. Like they're not going to, maybe Matt Campbell, maybe he's second behind Matt Campbell. From a Kentucky fan perspective, like, it's hard to see anybody else doing what he's doing. I mean, yeah, they're not going to be, they're not going to be, he's not going to turn him into Clemson. He's not dab or anything like that. Sure. But like, it makes you think what, what could he do at a program like Michigan, like Texas, like, you know, Auburn, something like that. Right. Like what yeah. could he do? So I it just like, you know, it blows my mind that more of these bigger programs are coming after him. So, but I mean, again, I'm not trying to prop him up and sell him, you know, trying to get people to buy, but, uh, I'm very happy that Mark Stoops is there. I couldn't, you know, it's an amazing job of what he's done. Josh Ayler, miss you, man. It's great to talk to you. Yeah, buddy. I'll talk to you later. Thanks to Josh hopping on. He was battling bronchitis, but it's always a good time for a state of the Cates uh, with Josh Ayler. Josh and Derek were both great. Appreciate all of our awesome guests across the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm hitting these guys up every day on Slack, asking if they have a little bit of time, and, and they always say yes. So it's been great. If you're enjoying what we're doing at the College Football Daily, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. We have one every single weekday. And then also, if you'd like to, five-star rating would be spectacular and a review. Ask a question, pitch a suggestion. If your team hasn't been covered yet, and again, you can check that out in the in the across the country with the College Football Daily playlist on Spotify. If your team hasn't been covered yet and you're Georgia and you're trying to help me find a fresh angle to cover Georgia, suggest something. Um, we, we'd appreciate it. And, and ratings only help us keep the lights on here at the College Football Daily. For Derek and for Josh and for our producer, Lance Glenn, my name is Trey Scott. Have a great day. We will talk to you on Thursday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, 
highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.